here we are again at the beginning of what I worked out by counting on my fingers is the 12th season of this here podcast. You have 12 fingers. No, I you... got to 10 and then started again. Oh, wow. Look how that look how that works. It's like the tally system basically. You do have um, web feet though, so you know, it's uh, swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Uh, 12, I don't know. I, I do not want this season to start on this footing, Ed. This is there was there was no need for that. <laughs> Let's establish some ground rules after all this time. How have you been? Not not grown webbing during between your toes no. during the summer, then? I mean, it's been a remarkable summer, hasn't it? The the Euros were absolutely unbelievable. Um, watching the kind of uh. I mean, it was just a brilliant, brilliant tournament. And obviously, being an England fan, uh, most of it was, until like the very, very, very end bit, was an unbelievable ride. Um, there's been super loads of cricket on. The Olympics has been on. It's been sport left, right and centre. Um, and I have barely thought about Manchester United, I have to say. They've they've been low down the pecking order and things that I've thought about in the last in the last uh, couple of months. How's your summer been? Yeah, same really. Um, so watched all the sport, enjoyed the Euros, and mostly, uh, apart from the, you know, tens of thousands of England fans writing, uh, or near writing, um, which wasn't so awesome. And of course, you know, it all ended in disappointment for, you know, Gareth Southgate's Brave Lions or something like that. Um, but uh, the football overall was you know, really high quality at the Euros, wasn't it? And then, which which can't be said for the football at the Olympics, not such high quality. Although I have to be honest, I didn't watch very much of that. Uh, and it's been yeah, that that felt that felt torturous. The idea of watching another international football sort of fake competition after after so pointless the Euros. It's an under twenty three tournament, but they added a year on because it's uh, been a five year cycle this time round. Right. So it was an under-24 tournament, and they allowed three over-24s as well. So basically, they're yeah. all B-teams, basically. You know, yeah. th- these were not kids playing. I, I just don't see the point. Um, and then there was... Well, they they were unlucky timing-wise. Like, oh, mind you, it would have all been last year, wouldn't it? But the the Copa America and the Euros and then the Olympics, it was it was hard for teams to send really high-quality yeah. teams. Who, who won? Is it over? It, Brazil in won in extra time. Oh, that's nice. Lad called Malcolm scored the winner. Um, <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> it's the world we live in. Where that's what Brazilians are called. Uh, that's right. Um, former Bordeaux and Barcelona player, I think I'm right in saying. And um, uh, I think Richarlison might have scored the other one. Spain were the second place. Silver medalists. Right. The second winners. And oh, yeah, England were the sil- sil- silver medalists of the Euros. That's right, yeah. <laughs> if they'd accepted their silver medals, which they all threw down in disgust, which uh, Correct. brought Good move. much consternation from the uh, back pages. Um, yeah, anyway, we've talked far too much about Olympic football there. Uh, the rest of the Olympics, just um, as we're recording, just come came to a close. Um, rather difficult to watch the Olympics. Well, I was going to say rather difficult to watch the Olympics live where I am although very early in the morning very late at night actually it was quite a lot live and then of course you know um watched all the highlights on uh, on the various streaming channels which was you know it was all good fun are you are you into uh, BMXing and uh, speed rock climbing now yeah basically the olympic sports i like the best are the x games i don't know why i don't just watch the x games because you know that's really genuinely uh, 
in sort of time spent BMX and skateboarding is by far the most I've watched the Olympics um, this uh, this summer. I, I did yeah. quite enjoy the karate, the version of the karate when they fight an invisible man. Um, I didn't see that. No, no. So there's two forms of karate in the Olympics. One is the version where you punch each other. And the other version is where you punch someone who's, you just do the moves. And it's like an artistic merit competition. Wow, that sounds cool, actually. Um, the, it's weird in the UK because the light, the rights got split. And Anyway, should we talk about Man United? Yeah, well, you know what? It was a rather drama-free summer, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we have to start with the, the only thing that anyone who likes football cares about, which is transfers. Um, and uh, it's been a weird summer because instinctively you think, wow, what an amazing summer. But actually, if you subdivide it into categories, it's... It's a definite mixed bag. I mean, quality of players signed. Well, this is the best summer United have ever had. Like uh, Sancho and Varane, that's football manager stuff. That's uh, FIFA career mode stuff. That's like, what, what, what's happened? Are you telling, you're telling me that since me and you last talked, Man United have signed Jadon Sancho and Raphael Varane. I mean, that is, that's mind boggling. It's uh, two great signings. Uh, you know, you can, I suppose, if you want to be nitpicky, you can point to Varane's age. Um, but it's a it's a perfect signing for United right now. He's got many years left. Sancho, um, awesome. I mean, it's a shame they didn't do it last summer, really. Um, but they've got the deal done eventually. And early enough in the summer that he's been able to join preseason after coming back from the Euros. Uh, Rafael Varane, not quite so. He's uh, holed up in an apartment training in his garden because he has to quarantine. Um, yeah. But uh, nothing can be done about that. Not much can be done about that. So he'll start the season a bit cold. So it might take a few games for him to get back in. Um, Well, Sancho too, right? Because he's only just joining up with the squad now or yesterday, maybe even. That's right. He he didn't play in the preseason game, did he, against uh, Everton? No, I don't think he's joined up with the squad yet. I think I think he's join, joining the squad maybe today or I don't think we've seen training pictures and stuff of him there. I think he's been on holiday um, because I, that's weird though, isn't it? You don't know why that he wouldn't have been there a bit sooner given that Maguire and Shaw both played. Yeah, um, not sure. Anyway, um, the... The Varane signing, one, one of the, well, both signings, one of the things that I heard a lot behind the scenes is actually United behaved completely uh, professionally in both of those signings. The Dortmund deal, there was no faffing about. It was, it was very clear. It does look like the new structure has made an impact on the way these transfers were negotiated. Um, there was, there was lots of very uh, positive noises about how the Varane deal in particular was handled um, uh, with United kind of genuinely prepared to walk away at one point and then Madrid lowering their price as a result of that. So well done to the Manchester, the staff at United who are responsible for football negotiations, I guess. Yes, I think it was helped very much in both of these cases that both players chose United. I mean, this is like, um, we, we might have mentioned it at the end of uh, last season, but um, or, or maybe we were just chatting over the summer how often does a really top quality player choose to leave Real Madrid? You know, like it's almost always where Real want to boot them out, isn't it? And, and in this yeah, case, yeah, yeah. they would have kept Varane 
um, but for the the player deciding he wants to go, and they're in a financially difficult position, not quite as bad as Barcelona. We can talk about how bad that oh is, yeah. but um, but they, you know, they basically needed to take the cash rather than let him run out his contract. So you know, the stars aligned for United as well as the structure coming into play. And I, I, I do note that there has been some. Um, you know, murmurings amongst the uh, good folk of Fleet Street that uh, Edward Wood was highly involved in both deals. I wonder <laughs> what WhatsApp group he's briefing that into. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely not the story I heard. <laughs> so yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Um, the <laughs> that's really funny. Um, so the um, that's the the good, and we'll talk in more detail about both of those players in in. Uh, I mean, we'll talk a bit about them more today, but I also think we'll talk about them as they join the side and we start to see them in action. I mean, they're both slam dunks as far as I'm concerned. The Varane thing, like you said, is age. It's actually a positive, really. I mean, obviously, financially, it's not a positive, but it's a positive to have an older, more experienced head in that back four, which is still quite a young back four. And it's definitely young at... um, you know, latter stages of the Champions League, et cetera, et cetera. That's not somewhere where that team's gone. Those players sure, have gone. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's that's a, that's good to have that experience there. And he's quick. So, you know, I mean, honestly, like my two requirements for a central defender were competent and fast. These these were the only two things that I cared about, really, because, um, you know, we saw what uh, Maguire could do at the Euros with a, a structure around him and a, and a defender alongside him Absolutely, that complemented yeah. him. You know, um, yes, so, he, he looked a completely different player, didn't he, alongside John Stones? Yeah. I mean, Calamity John Stones has now turned into a, a consummate defender, which yeah, no, I, yeah. I'm not sure everyone thought that would actually happen. But um, yeah, Maguire was excellent in that tournament, and and yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, the you know the I had a chat with um, Dan Altman from Smarter Scout in the summer. And we'll drop it into this feed at some point, and um, you know his uh, his view was you know all of that is true. And the the one area that Varane, um, you know, may not be as strong at is being very proactive. But that is fine because you're with Harry Maguire, who, knowing there's someone quick behind him to mop up, can attack those balls, right? You know, Maguire's yeah. the Vidic to Varane's Ferdinand in this analogy, yeah. hopefully. Well, uh, absolutely. That's the plan, isn't it? And and both the fullbacks are super proactive, um, I mean, Luke, Luke, sure. Oh, my heart grows three sizes every time I think about him at the moment. Um, we'll well, Shilberto was in action against Everton and uh, looked very lively then as well. That Luke, Luke Shaw's Euros genuinely moving to me, like genuinely, especially with that absolute what's it on the sideline sniping at him like he's, you know... Piers Morgan talking about Meghan Markle. Like, it's the same level of obsession, dangerous, uncomfortable obsession. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I note um, that your favourite manager um, is already turning Roma into a total circus. <laughs> <laughs> they lost a preseason match, 5-2. Two Roma players got sent off. Mourinho got sent off. <laughs> preseason! Man, absolutely magic. Um, yeah. I, I do wonder whether the Friedkin family in the, the private equity group that uh, brought him in really knows what they're doing here. Just, you know. Well, wonder no longer. They simply do not. <laughs> like, they brought in Mourinho. They don't know what they're doing. Um, the, uh, the, the Sancho sign. I mean, Varane also, um, I do think, at the risk of sounding like 
you know, a Sam Allardyce stan, um, that there is a danger when a player comes, uh, in particular in central defence, when a player comes to Premier League, they are going to have to do some adapting. That, that I don't think, is a, a kind of proper, ma- proper football man cliche. I do think we've seen it a lot. We've seen players try and win fouls and be surprised when the referee doesn't give them when they come to the, the league. I mean, Varane is, is vastly experienced uh, and I'm sure will understand the challenges and is obviously like he's played international football against in all sorts of different styles but there will be a bit of a culture shock I would imagine I mean I'm sure there will be I mean the league's not nearly as physical as it once was but it is it is faster than La Liga no doubt and the Champions League uh and you know he, he there will be a bit of adaption there but you know I think he's he's going to be fine and he's less risky than the other options you know Canate has gone to uh, Liverpool, I think he will take some adaption um, for sure. And if Jules Kunde ends up at Chelsea, I mean, he was the other option for United, apparently. If he ends up at Chelsea, he's definitely going to to find it a bit of a shock because he's not a physical player. Although he's, for a for a very small central defender, he's got quite a leap on him. Um, right. So, but anyway, you know, I, I think it's, it's fair to say two really excellent signings. It would just be the perfect summer if United could find the right kind of balance in in a in a defensive midfielder, and it doesn't have to be, you know, indeed he makes eighty seven tackles a game. It could be a sort of controlling midfielder, you know, a bit deeper, and and then you know Fred or McTominay play alongside them. But at the moment, we know, and you know, I guess we'll we'll talk about each area of the pitch. That is the area where there isn't the right kind of balance in our squad, um, and you know, if they can round off the summer transfer window by buying one of those central midfielders, defensive midfielders, then then it would be A1 perfect as a summer. So. Yeah. Anyway, should we... Do be- because... Uh, go go well, ahead, let me, sorry. Let's, let's, just, let's just talk about Sancho a little bit more because, um, you know, this is... Varane, Varane's the sort of more surprising signing. Sancho, there's, a, there's a, a little bit of the excitement of the act of signing him is taken out of it by the two-year-long saga or whatever. But the player... And the need for him in the squad. I mean, this is the thing about those two players. You know, obviously we had the window, that Van Gaal window when they bought Di Maria and Falcao and, you know, there was kind of shooting, swinging for the fences. This window is like much more forensic and much more kind of targeted. What are the problems in the squad? Well, we haven't addressed the third of the three desperate needs in the squad right but we've addressed two of the three desperate needs in the squad which is that is unheard of because Sancho and this is what I was going to go on to say when I was talking about Varane adapting to the league I do think Sancho will have some adapting to do because we've seen attacking players there's not an attacking player that's come from the Bundesliga in the last few years that I can think of off the top of my head that has immediately put the same numbers up in the Premier League that they put up in the Bundesliga which is not to say, you know, it's a fraud farmers league or anything. Um, it's it's definitely just, not. But yeah, no, obviously. But it, but clearly, the attacking, the defending is not. It is a less defensive league in the Premier League. That is, the numbers are just. It's just every single time it happens. Yeah, but I think he's going to be incredible. I, I think you That's know. My heart I, I think he's going to be great. He's going to bring a real balance to United's attack. Um, you know, I, I guess we're all imagining that he will play off the right, and and when fit, Rashford will play off the left with Cavani and Greenwood sharing attacking duties or something. Something. Oh, Martial, if they don't sell him, um, something along that lines. But he can play anywhere across the front line. I mean, I, I think it's just like it's instructive to think about. 
you know, because I did dig into some of his stats earlier in the summer, just to think about, you know, what he brings. Um, he is 99th percentile in the top five um, Euro leagues for assists. You know, 94th percentile for expected assists, 96th percentile for shot creating actions, 99th percentile for passes attempted, you know, 96th percentile for progressive passes, a real problem for United. You know, he's, he's, um, uh, he's he's ninety sixth percentile for dribbles completed, and you know one hundredth percentile sharing with Marcus Rashford for nutmegs completed. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to bring an awful lot to United's game, and he can play. and And I think that progressive passes one is the interesting one. He's not come in to touch, you know, to hug the touchline and put in crosses. Mm. He has amongst his fifty four assists for Dortmund, one came from outside the box. He's not going to be pinging crosses across. He's he's going to come to play join the dots football, um, and you know I think we can expect him to drift inside and and get a lot of assists like that, um, uh, and get into attacking positions near the goal. Um, which of course you know it's an obvious take, but the nearer you are the goal to the goal, the more dangerous the chances you create. Um, and that that attacking. Um quintet the well se- let's say seven the, assuming we keep Pogba which if PSG sign Messi they're not they're not buying Pogba this summer right that's surely they're not buying Pogba this it, summer. it depends whether they I mean because look they can afford it right um they can't afford it in terms of actual revenues um yeah. but they can afford it because they're a state-owned club um I think really this is political it's it's can they now that um, NASA is sat on the UEFA board and PSG are all powerful because they weren't part of the the Super League shenanigans, um, does he really want to say yeah f- you, FFP in a very obvious way? Because mm. like they literally can't afford it in FFP. You know their their wage budget is going to be six hundred million plus or something like that. Um, they just you know there is no TV deal in France. They don't pull in gate receipts. You know, they can add a couple of sponsors beginning with the letter Q, but I think everyone knows that's a sham. So I, I think it's just like how much do they want to stick their fingers up at FFP and the ashes of that particular mm. set of regulations or not? Um, and, and how much do United want to dig in uh, on on getting a fee? Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, but let, let's just assume, because three weeks ago I was just, assuming that well the season's going to be have some plenty of fun in it but we're going to have a massive missing piece of the puzzle because Pogba will have left I'm not sure I feel exactly the same about that now if he's there Pogba Bruno Sancho Rashford Cavani Martial Greenwood like that is all bases covered from an attacking perspective that's that's balance that's depth that's cover in each of the positions um i mean still if sancho's not available the right becomes the problem that it once was but we know greenwood can play there uh, you know so it it's just absolutely amazing i mean it's it's amazing to have those riches and and we should with those attackers and our defense like the back four particularly we should be talking about well why i mean apart from the scars of the last however many years and maybe some fears about Solskjaer's limitations how could we not be saying this team should 
absolutely without doubt be challenging for the title. Yeah, I, I think so. I think I think looking at the um, the numbers again and just like you know just the smell test. I, I think uh, the two signings on their own, assuming neither gets injured and they can play a full season, is going to add something like six or eight points to United's tally. Yeah, all things being equal, um, and that's what 80, 80 to eighty two points is not going to win the league. 80 or 82 mm. points, I don't think. Not, not. I think, um, in a season that's not going to be as compressed and therefore not going to challenge um, some of the teams in the way it did. Um, but, um, you know, add, add a really strong defensive midfielder, maybe add another three or four points onto that as well. Um, actually, it, it, funny, I, like, I think it was the Athletic that did a piece. Was it the Athletic or my Smarter Scout? One of them did a piece like um, comparing some defensive midfield options and, and Kamavinga adds like five. Now, I haven't seen a lot of him. I don't know about you, but he's generally seen as a kind of all-rounder midfielder rather than a pure defensive midfielder and super young. So I don't know whether I really believe those numbers or not. Um, but I think it's fair to to think about it that way. You know, these two pieces that we've added are going to add quite a few points, I imagine, all things being equal. And the third one would really make a challenge, even if the squad isn't quite as strong as City, City's last season, City plus Jack Grealish and possibly plus Harry Kane. We'll see. Yeah, and you know, we're recording this on Sunday the 8th, so a week ahead of when the season starts. The one thing I've got no idea, you might not know, don't don't worry if we don't know, does the transfer window in the Premier League, are they doing the same thing where the European transfer window closes before the season starts? I, I don't, you know, I don't think so. I think um, I think they ditched that one, if I remember okay. them voting on that, because cool. because of no, none of the other Euro leagues um, followed along. So I think it's something like 1st or 2nd of September, but... I'm I'm uh, happy to be totally wrong on that one, but I seem to yeah, remember that. Yeah, I didn't sure. look it up, but um, I think that's right. I mean, yeah. So there are three weeks. I mean, it, the the noise is everyone seems to be saying that United are now like that's the budget spent, um, yes. and United which, need which, to sell to buy basically. Which which if you were talking about football manager terms, actually, what it is more than the budget spent. It's the budget was spent, and then you did the thing where he said, "Would you like the board to negotiate this transfer for the Varane one?" Because it's like he's so important. We'll we'll stretch the budget like ten, fifteen million, or whatever. Because you know that that we would we thought it was a hundred million. We spent more than that. You know that's that's the way it goes. And it, the, this brings us to so we need to talk about the midfield aspect of it. It's interesting that the points tally thing is interesting because I think you're. You're right in terms of the raw numbers, but I wonder if you if you look at the kind of holistic balance of the team that that on that score, that kind of unquantifiable score, the holistic balance of the team looks a thousand times better. Oh yeah, like there's it's it's like when you, yeah, and now we we're like we look like there's one problem in the first team. Yes. Now, how often you can get the first team on a pitch, of course, is is another yeah, question. Yeah, but there's, there's some depth yeah. there. They've, you know, they've added two extra yeah. players, so there's more depth, and Jesse yeah. Lingard has returned. There's more depth. We'll see whether he yeah. survives the transfer window or not. Um, uh, like, you know, I think in, in what you're, you're hinting at there is a stylistic thing as well. I think United will be able to play more front foot football now because you can mm. trust Varane and Maguire in 1v1 defensive situations in a way that you definitely cannot trust uh, Lindelof definitely mm. cannot trust Lindelof you know so so it should allow United to be a bit more proactive now wh- wh- whether that translates into not playing McFred and being able to play a different balance in midfield that might depend I think you know I, I think that might depend on an, either another signing 
or how confident we feel about Paul Pogba playing in that position. I mean, mm. we don't, do we, right? Without nope. without Angola Kante alongside him. Um, and, you know, as good a summer as Fred had, he's definitely not Angola Kante. Um, he had a very good... He had a very good Copa America, uh, but playing in a different balance in that midfield. So, you know, I do I do think that's still a it's still it is a problem in terms of the balance in the midfield, but United are still able to play more front foot football. Now, um th- th- you know, apart from that balance, the other real problem United have in midfield playing McFred is there's zero ball progression. The uh the Athletic did a good piece, Tom Warville did a good piece a couple of days ago. Um, looking at um, expect he called it expected threat. It's a you know a, a way of basically stringing together expected assists and, and xG chain um, into a new metric that says you know uh, like when you have the ball in what area of the pitch with what player you know what are the chances that you'll create chances from that yeah. you know and United are very very weak um, both you know it's it's the smell test right you can look at United with McFred and know the ball's not going to go forward very effectively and the numbers bear that out too. Yeah, and Luke Shaw and Bruno Fernandes are massive outliers in the United side because they both progress the ball phenomenally often and well. Um, the uh, the other aspects of the transfer window which the budget brings to mind is, you know, this thing that now, okay, we have to sell to buy. And the one thing that hasn't happened, as far as I'm aware, has anyone left... No, um, just some uh, some kids. Um, yeah, yeah, the usual churn there, but no, no senior players at all. So, and and I think it would be fair to say there's quite a few are available. That, I mean, but there's no cash in the market, right? <laughs> Phil Jones, Andreas Pereira, um, Lingard. If the right offer comes in, I think that's that he's a bit less available, but. Um, uh, Diogo Dallo, um, th- all the players that were on loan last season, th- th- it's a substantial... We don't own Alexis Sanchez anymore, do we? He's no. actually gone. Um, and do we... Does does Lukaku going to Chelsea count as a player sale for Man United? Oh, well, yes, United get a percentage of the profit. I think it's low single digits. So I think it's like 5%, oh, something okay. like that. So it's not going to be a lot of money. Um but United sold him for not very much. It's kind of interesting because it effectively took quite a big loss on that deal. Um, although when amortised, they they didn't. Um, but he's going to Chelsea for a lot of money, so there'll be a little bit of a kickback, perhaps even more important, perhaps Inter will actually pay their bill. Because I think if you look in United right. account, more than £40 million is still owed on that deal. Um, right. So, you know, maybe they will. Maybe they won't. I don't know. There's some weird stuff going on at Inter at the moment. Uh, <laughs> There's some with, weird stuff going on everywhere, right? That's... With uh, Tottenham, we're definitely not say, selling Harry Kane, having just bought one striker and uh, having had a bid accepted for Lautaro Martinez as we speak. Oh, really? Apparently. I did not know that. Okay, well, that is a very upsetting news because I've been clinging on to the desperate hope that City won't sign Harry Kane because with Grealish and Kane... Uh, to me, like, there's no conversation to be had about the league title this season at that point. I mean, there's no meaningful conversation to be had. It's, it's, it, they've got Pep Guardiola, they just won the league, and they've added uh, the two best English attacking talents that aren't called Jaden. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, j- just, to, to you know, I'm not, I'm not bitter or anything, but Jaden's numbers are better than Jack Grealish's numbers. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, Ash, as turns out, Ashley Young's numbers are better than Jack <laughs> Grealish's. So, which is uh, the best piece of propaganda I've ever seen on the internet was some United account 
on Instagram. Um, it was in my Explore tab. It was like, showed that um, I think Ashley Young's combined goals and assists at Villa were better than Jack Grealish. Yeah, better and better per game as well in fewer games. Yeah. Um, Beautiful. Amazing, amazing. I, I, I mean, Grealish, Grealish is an unreal talent. Uh, he's, he's beautiful to watch. I mean, obviously, um, uh, I'm going to be dumping propaganda out there myself during the season because I don't want him playing for City. Um, it's a real shame United didn't push the boat out and actually sign him last year because because Grealish yeah. thought that was going to happen, right? Um, yep. So yes, that's a it's a real pity and and um, you, you could hardly think of a player in European football that's that's a more perfect fit for. Pep Guardiola's city than Jack Grealish, and you know he's he'll become a better all-round player as a result. He may well play at eight. You know, I'm not sure he's going to be playing in a wide position, um, but you know, I don't think it matters, does it? He, he's talented no. enough to play anyway. Anyway, let's let's talk about City. Um, so, look, that's that's the signings. Should, should we run through the the team a little bit? We talked a lot about the defence, but um, goalkeeper situation is going to be interesting, isn't it? Because Hendo's got COVID. And so he's, oh, I didn't yeah, know and um, he's experiencing some um, long-term fatigue apparently as a result right, of it. Right, so, right. and we saw with Paul Pogba at the beginning of last season, people were particularly merciless with Paul Pogba and not understanding how these things have played out. But hopefully, there's, you know, a year extra of the pandemic. We understand it can impact even. Um, you know, it's supremely fit sports people um, in unexpected ways. So De Gea is going to have the gloves for the start of the season. And presumably that means he's going to have to screw up to not have the gloves anymore. Well, the, we've signed a keeper who there is genuinely a legitimate argument uh, that he should not be the third choice keeper and whether it should be that he's the second or indeed first choice keeper is Honestly, non-trivial. Obviously, not at their peak, right? At their peak, there's no conversation. But Tom Heaton's a really good, really solid all-round goalkeeper. He's a solid all-round goalkeeper. I I think it is instructive that his last two roles were on the bench at Burnley and on the bench at Aston Villa. So, you know, yeah. he's... Well, he's had a lot of injury stuff, hasn't he? He has, yeah. And he's had a few games in pre-season and he's, you know, a former United youth player. He really wanted to come and I hope he does push the other two, you know? Yeah. I I, I mean, David De Gea was at the Euros, didn't play a minute. Um, and, um, you know, he's... Same with- did Dean Henderson play a minute? No, he he, he dropped out. Play. He didn't go to the Euros because he had this. Oh, okay. He had a hip problem, didn't he? So, um, so yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's going to be with De Gea to start the season, and and we're going to have to see whether he's still got the yips or not. Um, or are, are we allowed to? I don't know if you're watching this season, Ted Lasso. Are we allowed to? Are we allowed to use the word the yips? <laughs> <laughs> well, we need to bring that lady in to to sort him out. Um, if only that simple. Perhaps you should give the uh, club a call and say, look, yeah. uh, pro bono, I'm going to sort his yips out. Uh, listen, much like Lionel Messi and Barcelona, even though I love Manchester United, I am not giving that organisation anything pro bono. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, um, uh, the... Um, Ted Lasso is so... I, loved, I love Ted Lasso more than is reasonable like it is good i gen i stand behind it as like a very good show but i also uh, it's just it's just 
for me in a very very specific way that not much television is because it's like warm and optimistic without being excessively sentimental most of the time it strikes the balance right anyway um uh yeah the goalkeeping situation is fascinating i will be surprised if david de Gea is the number one by the end of this season because i i think we've seen such a body of evidence now of of that it isn't some sort of brief blip he's he's been in substantial decline for four years yeah um yeah yeah it, so. yeah since that one you know um ungodly good season that he had yeah. it's been in decline and yeah no i i agree um i think he will make mistakes and at some point henderson is going to end up taking it be, it's i mean tosh has talked about this himself it's going to be even more difficult this season so you know effectively henderson got the gloves when not because de Gea made mistakes but because de Gea had a baby he didn't have yeah. a baby yeah yeah it is his uh his lady had a baby he watched on or something like that and then took some time out and then Henderson had the gloves. And then we had this weird situation where actually the more important tournament was the Europa League and the hair had the gloves for that. But, you know, but this time we don't even have, there is no Europa League, we hope. No. Right? So is Henderson <laughs> going to be the Champions League goalkeeper and De Gea the Premier League goalkeeper? Because that's, I, I can't see it. So is Henderson the, the cup goalkeeper but not the Champions League goalkeeper? Is is Solskjaer just going to rotate? Which never seems to work. Wherever you are in the world, rotating goalkeepers is not a good thing. Marcus Rocco and Sergio Romero have both left, right? Yes, correct, both, yeah. Okay, good, right, okay. Rocco maybe left in January, Yeah, he left left a while ago, yeah. To take on security guards with a fire extinguisher in Argentina. (laughs) Just... Yeah, I just I, like you couldn't get a more perfect cliche, could you? He puts on a pocket shirt and he becomes an absolute animal. <laughs> Extraordinary. Um, yeah, so that's the goalkeeper's defence we've talked about, except I guess we should briefly mention the the apparently real pursuit of Kieran Trippier that happened, um, clearly wanting to, uh, to kind of strengthen the options. I mean, I guess in theory he can play... He can cover both flanks um, at sure. fullback, and there is not a lot in the way of fullback cover. Brandon Williams hasn't kicked on. He's got, gone on alone. Has he? He's, right, yeah, he's, good. He's, Where to? It's Southampton. I'm pretty sure I saw oh, it. Okay. Um, right, right, cool. And um, I'm pretty sure I did. Or maybe I'm making no, it up. Listen, I believe you. Um, I mean, you know, Alex Tellez will provide cover. There isn't cover on the right-hand side unless... Um, Dallow stays, but that's not going to be covering a, a way that we believe that Solskjaer will ever pick Dallow ahead of ahead of Wan-Bissaka. So you know, I think he uh, he wants some. He does want to bring in some real cover at um, fullback or quality at fullback. You're right, Trippier could play both. Um, he's you know, I think the one doubt about Trippier is he's not that quick and he's thirty, and you know. Does coming into the Premier League, will it show that up? You know, because he was excellent for Atleti when he wasn't banned for lumping on um, last season. Um, so, uh, but, you know, it is it is slower. So, you know, who knows? It looks like the Brandon Williams deal might not... I've just typed Brandon Williams and Southampton into Maybe Google. I'm making it up. Um, no, no, it, it was happening and then there was a problem with money and wages and who was going to pay what, apparently. So maybe they'll sort that out um, between now and the end of the season. Now, you want, you, if you're United in that situation, like, what kind of bargaining chip do you really have? Southampton aren't going to push the boat out for 
Brandon Williams, are they? Like that's that would not be smart on their part. Um, no, anyway. I mean Southampton are selling all their players at the moment. So. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, that fullback cover would be. I mean, it would be a good signing, Trippier. I, I I can't. I'd be surprised. I guess at this point, it feels like that would have been something that would have been pushed through earlier rather than later. And and if you give me the choice between what if we do somehow find some player sales out of thin air, you give me a choice between buying a midfielder and Kieran Trippier. I'll, I'll, I'll take I'll take a. And not that great midfielder every day. Yeah, uh, I, w- I wonder whether Trippier might might not go right to the end of the window just because he's out of contract next summer, and I think Atleti will blink eventually. And there's probably right. there's probably a market of one here for Trippier. You know, he's he's from the area. He wants to move back to the northwest. He wants to be back in the Premier League. Um, you know, so I think the market is one, and Atleti can take twenty million now or nothing next summer. Um, and so the deal will probably get done in the end. And they're just, right. I, I mean, just, I don't know anything. I'm guessing. I literally yeah, yeah, don't know anything yeah. about anything, but specifically about this. <laughs> um, but you know, if I was to guess, it might be like that. We'll see. Yeah, we will. Um, the the attack we've talked about a lot. The the one area that is really complicated is midfield. So there, there was a lot of talk in the summer after the Varane signing went through that Solskjaer wants to play two progressive midfielders and one holding rather than play McFred. The kind of um, 4-3-3 with the, the triangle pointing the other way um, rather than a 4-2-3-1. Um, who you play as the, if you're saying it's a, a sort of 4, a 4-1-2-3, um, who you play as the one DM at the moment is so unclear. Maybe you could get away with Fred, but, but you know, funny, like the only bit of the Copa America I watched was the first half of the final. He was substituted at halftime because he was so bad in the first half of the final. I'd heard all this stuff about how Fred's had this amazing Copa. And then I watched it. And I was like, that looks like, sure looks like Fred to me. <laughs> um, yes. I mean, you can't play. I mean, you know, um, both Fred and McTominay have qualities, but neither of them can play at six as one of a pivot. There's no chance. I mean, um, as, as good as Varane might be in one-on-one situations and as as strong as that may be, that'd be just putting too much pressure. United will give up too many chances, I think. Um, it would be um, really short-sighted to go into the season trying to do that. So, you know, I, and I'm sure Sasha knows that, so... Um, if there isn't a defensive midfield signing of whatever balance, you know, and and I'm really, mean, I think it can be someone makes a lot of tackles, or it can be sort of a deeper lying one, and then McTominay comes into that three, a slightly more progressive position. Um, if if United going without that, it's really it's quite short sighted, and and like I, I imagine Ollie will end up reverting to McFred as a result. Yeah, because you've you know even like if you're saying that. Um, you play a more Karaki sort of figure uh, or Matic a few years ago he sort of figure and then McTominay comes into the three well then you've got to pick between Pogba and Fernandez um, because you, there's, there's not enough positions on the pitch and surely what he wants to do is play one and Pogba and Fernandez. I mean we saw Fernandez play in a more deep role in the Euros and he was terrible I mean he had a terrible terrible Euros I, I, I think he He's obviously cooked 
and I mean you wrote a a thing for Scott so we should say like the um uh the Republican Mancunia season preview which uh, is sold to raise profits for the Macmillan Trafford Center is um not Trafford Centre, uh, the Macmillan Centre. Yeah, we're in raising Trafford. we're raising not, money for the not Trafford Centre. For the Trafford Centre, <laughs> but it's a it's a you know it's a beautiful project, and we've raised like seven grand over all the years he's been doing it, and it's not um it's not a place that gets huge amounts of fundraising. Yeah. So his you can find it on his Twitter at r underscore o underscore m. Um, or just Google Republican Mancunia season preview. I wrote something about Luke Shaw and you wrote something about Bruno Fernandes and you talked about what a shame it was in a way that he was sort of wasted for Portugal playing as, as deep as he was. I, th- I mean, I think that's true. He, he was knackered and they couldn't find the right balance with with um, two eights. So they ended up switching, didn't they, partway through the tournament to, to having... Um, Renato Sanchez in there, plus a defensive midfielder, and it gave them more balance. And, you know, look, um, as much as we love Paul Pogba, he's not taking the number 10 spot from Bruno. So it's about finding the right balance. And, you know, Solskjaer tried to find that balance by playing Pogba off the left towards the end of last season, to some effect, I think. And there's a chance he could do that at the beginning of this season because Marcus Rashford's out. So there's an option there for sure. Um but um, he's not going to be playing in a double pivot unless United bring in the type of midfielder. And it wouldn't be a Ruben Neves. It would be a Ndidi. I'm just using those as templates. Sure, yeah. yeah. It would be sort of hard tackling, ball winner, cover lots of ground, defensive midfielder type if you're going to keep Pogba. They keep Pogba yeah. if it feels like he's going to... Well, either he just refuses to go and he's waiting out... Um, the final year of his contract to, for a free transfer to Real Madrid because that's the only way he gets to Madrid. Or United don't get the right kind of money out of PSG and they say, well, it's it's the you know the value of keeping Pogba is and is is greater than the money we'll take in if there's a risk around keeping a Champions League place because you've lost that you know attacking output or whatever it is. So um, you know we'll see. But for all last season, for much of his United career. He's been a, a brilliant, magnificent square peg trying to be slammed into some round holes, you know. And, Absolutely. and the balance of the midfield, uh, midfield as it is will be that again. So 100%. And, and that causes all sorts of holistic problems in terms of play breaking down and defensive lapses and, you know, not even, uh, not like that's on him all the time, but just structurally around him. Yeah, uh, I, I did think it was thing... instructive. In the, he had brilliant Euros, by the way, but um, didn't he? I mean, he was magnificent. Uh, scored some incredible, uh, magnificent goal and against Switzerland, and and just Don't was want to talk about it. Pinging passes around. <laughs> I know, um, uh, but he got blamed for Switzerland's goal um, in the three-all draw. And you know, I, I I put a thing out on Twitter at the time saying, "Here are the five mistakes made by France players after Pogba was tackled." You know, yeah. like not. What one? No one said man on <laughs> at all, did they? Because he was tackled from behind, um, and then there were a whole bunch of mistakes after that. So uh, I think he sometimes unfairly gets blamed um, for his uh, his his defensive side of his game, but often gets fairly criticised too. You know, he doesn't want to, and he's not very good, and has talked about it. Not very good at making tackles. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, so United have to solve that problem because he's not suddenly going to become the player that Mourinho wanted him to become. Mourinho made this argument: he should be able to do this. Was Mourinho's argument, and it was copied by lots of people. People in Twitter, you know, he can't do it, and he won't do it. 
you know what Pogba is going to give you, you know, magnificent uh, range of passing and progressive options, but he needs someone else to do the tackling piece. Or United just sell him, take that money and reinvest sensibly in another type of midfielder. Absolutely. And then you just got the balance of midfield, right? And obviously, I, you know, it, it's not going to surprise anyone what I hope happens. <laughs> I hope we sign N'Golo Kante in the rest of this transfer window. Yet another window of us not being linked to N'Golo Kante. Have, have Barcelona got any defensive midfielders? Because, I mean, they will sell <laughs> anyone at this point. <laughs> I mean... If we if we want a, a controller in there, would you be prepared to sell us Pedri? What a Euros he had, by the way. I mean, way. Uh, look, it would be tempting, wouldn't it, just to dangle like 100 million in front of Barcelona and say, can you afford not to take this? Yeah. I mean, he would just wait out his contract and then go back to Barcelona on a free, right? He's just Fabregas all over again. Um, but we'd get a few years out of him. 100% pass completion in... The semi-final, quarter-final, whatever it was. A hundred percent. That's a lot of pass completion. A hundred percent is. I know that you shouldn't really judge players fundamentally on pass completion statistics. It's a very limited and specific statistic. But when it says a hundred percent extra, that means you didn't give the ball away once in the whole game. He had a magnificent Euros. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's a lot about midfield. But he's... He's their only good player. Yeah, I mean, I just felt that that's the only that's the only one we haven't really talked about. We talked about the balance of attack. So, I, I guess in in specific terms, we've got um, Sancho, Rashford, and Martial, who can all play off the left brilliantly, and then even Pogba covering it there. Um, Cavani, Greenwood, Rashford, Martial. Which way round that goes? Playing through the centre as as the the kind of I'm imagining a football manager depth chart as I'm saying this on the right Sancho Greenwood big 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 gap Rashford like that's so the right is still the one with the least cover D- Dan James um, <laughs> oh my god you forgot he existed oh, hadn't you oh god Man United's Dan James but it, it, his Euros Dan James was the most Dan James Euros you could possibly get you know run very, very, very fast, pick the wrong pass. I mean, just yeah. over and over again. Yeah. Um, I mean, we should sell Dan James. I, I, everything I've just said about the about United's attack and the depth, Jesse Lingard is better than Dan James. Like, For sure. Acro- across any of the three positions at, at um, the left wing behind the striker or on the right, I would take Jesse Lingard over Dan James. <laughs> I mean, Jesse Lingard will probably, if he stays, is probably sort of cover for Bruno, really, as is Donny van der Beek, which oh, we haven't that's, mentioned. That's another player I forgot. So Donny van der Beek has spent the summer... Trying to get jacked. Yeah, like totally huffing protein and hitting the weights. Um, like, uh, I've never seen a strategy guaranteed to not work more than Donny van Bate trying to uh, lift his way into Oli Solskjaer's affections. I, I, I mean, I, don't, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, Romelu Lukaku tried it as well and it didn't work for him, did it? Um, I, I think uh, although Romelu Lukaku had say, how do, how do we say it? A more natural level of jackedness than Donny van der Beek, who's more sort of yeah. Donny van der Mr. Burns when it comes to... <laughs> frailty isn't he um i i don't i just don't i don't see where the balance of van der Beek is i just don't see it i don't see how he gets into this side you know even if like the, i guess you could make try and make a case and say united sign that that number six and and play sort of two more progressive players and he's one of the two more 
progressive players. That's the argument, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. If Pogba goes, then it's a different conversation. Right. And Van der Beek is clearly barely cover for Bruno in any meaningful way. Like he just, he will only play if Bruno is literally dead um, in that position. But if you're playing two eights and a six, Van der Beek makes loads and loads and loads of sense, particularly with the players around him. Sure, Rashford and Van der Beek, Van der Beek plays on the kind of left side of the triangle, Bruno on the right side of the triangle. That's, those passing combinations and intricate little one-twos around the edge of the box. And and Van der Beek's movement is excellent. Like he's a really, really, really good player. Like he's he's not bad at football. I just we spent 20 minutes talking about United's midfield and I forgot he existed. Which yeah. is not, you know, that says a lot about We'll United see if his um, strategy works. Uh, he didn't go to the Euros. He had this injury. It's helped him, I guess. Um, you know, like... Get fo- jacked. Get jacked, <laughs> yeah. Um, same with Mason Greenwood. Didn't go and he's had a summer off, which I think will be good. Um, he yeah. And he looks lively pre-season. He's had a full pre-season, uh, which many many of United squad will not have had. Um, you know, Hendo didn't go. Not It's not helped him because he got the plague. So, um, you know... Uh, where, is there anyone else we've forgotten? Because I feel like we might have forgotten to talk about someone. I mean, we haven't we haven't talked about everyone, but I don't think there's anyone who have overtly forgotten existed. I mean, Nemanja Matic still exists. I mean, there's a Dan, there's a lot of players that United could sell. There really are a lot of players that United could sell if only anyone other than three clubs in the world had any money. That, um, that is the problem. Basically, it's all going to be loans with options to buy, yeah. if you're lucky, an obligation to buy. And it's a miracle if someone actually pays hard cash money um, for at any substantial level for, for players outside of the Premier League, right? Yeah. Andreas Pereira scored an absolute worldie in preseason because some things just have to stay the same. Um, but you know, he's there's no route for him into that team None. anywhere. Um, None. Remember when he remember when he played almost every game? Solskjaer's done a good job of some things in this squad for sure. Anyway, um, for sure, I think so, I think we'll see him leave. But again, it's going to be a it's going to be a loan with an option. Yeah. As it was and it'll last be season. An op- yeah, it'll be an option, not an obligation. Because I, re- I remember us talking about that option and the scale of what a good season he would have to have at Lazio to, for them to trigger that option. And uh, he did not. He did not have. He did not have that kind of a season. <laughs> He's um, never had that kind of a season. It was an <laughs> no. absolute banger of a goal, though. So he'll always have it that. It really was. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the uh, the balance of the team and I I think let's talk about the manager a little bit then so the squad building is going continues to go well apart from being able to get rid of players uh, which that is definitely not Solskjaer's fault Um, we're gonna see if he's learned from his kind of rabbit in the headlights stuff at the Europa League final Um, and we'll see if the the better balance of uh, centre-back makes him more progressive by nature uh, it's a big, big testing season. He has, of course, got a new contract in the summer, which I don't know. That f- that felt to me a bit. Um, did did United you know, really need to Premier do sure. that? Given, yeah, I mean, given given that there's, it's not like 
someone's going to come along and swoop Solskjaer up because his contract's running down, right? Um, but then I, I thought he had two years left. And I think actually he only had a year left. And at that point, you kind of need to do it just to just to send a message to the players, really, that this guy's going to be your manager for the next however many years. Or what. Well, I've got to make sure he's not snapped up by one of the... The uh, elite clubs around Europe, right? So, and I mean, yes, that's the only reason. They're, they're saying this is a long-term project and Solskjaer's here because uh, otherwise there would be a lot of chat about whether he was going to remain. Um, you know, should United uh, not build on last season for whatever reason and somehow... Uh, I mean, you can make a case for it, right? So here's the here's the sort of um, ball case. But ball case? Bear case? Whatever. The bad one. Do you the mean bad the bad one? one? That's yeah. the bear case. The bear case um, for uh, for United season. I mean, partly it could be injuries. I mean, I think it would have to be injuries to derail United. Um, plus, Liverpool, maybe they'll return to some semblance of what looks like a Liverpool team. And Chelsea are spending a lot of money. And all of a sudden, you've, it's quite tight for you know places in the top four. Um, maybe Spurs keep Harry Kane and add a load of attackers and and Nuno goes from being a only defensive mid, midfield, only defensive-minded coach to a more attacking-minded coach and Spurs push for the top four. I mean, I'm really stretching the case here. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think top four looks all right to It me. does look all right. But, you know, in a situation where it wasn't all right or United fail again in the Champions League and it's not a great season, then that new contract for Solskjaer is not going to look awesome. But I assume in in the worst of circumstances, it's not going to cost that much to to fire him anyway. If it comes to that, um, as it is, you know, I think it's probably he's probably earned that new contract just about. But with those two new signings, and if there is a third, there's a bit more pressure, isn't there? There's a bit more pressure to actually bring home some some silverware and make a a real fist of a title challenge. This is the thing, isn't it? Because Top four this season does almost look nailed on. I mean, especially if we finish fourth, which I I think is a completely reasonable prediction. I don't think that's a... uh, um, I'm not... It's actually not, I don't think, ultimately going to be what I predict um, because I'm feeling weirdly optimistic about this season. But if the fact that Chelsea have signed Lukaku and what... I mean, what City have done is crazy. Uh, Virgil van Dijk's back and Liverpool are not, like you said, they're gonna, they're not going to have the season. They, 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 they might, but they shouldn't. There's nothing on paper to say they're going to have the season they had last season. But they were, apart from maybe a, a kind of Leicester who've signed well again. Um, Sorry, maybe, to- totally forgot to think about them in the top four yeah, calculations. I mean, I mean, I think I think they're the only ones that are a threat to the big four. I, I think we are we're back to a big four in the league, and Tottenham and Arsenal have, are completely irrelevant. Basically, um, I mean, Arsenal obviously are completely irrelevant, and and if if. If you're saying Spurs are signing strikers, they're getting ready to lose Harry Kane, and then they are they are a washed club at that point to use football Twitter parlance. <laughs> yes, it does look like it. I mean, they signed Son to a new longer term contract. I wonder how he feels about that if his uh, partner in crime Harry Kane does go. Um, although you know, presumably he kind of he can sm- smell the coffee on that one. Yeah, exactly. He can smell the coffee on that one. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think you mean read the tea leaves. You've been in America too long. Yes. <laughs> uh, I need my morning coffee. It's fairly early here. Um, and yes, I've been in America too long. Uh, uh, the the So top four is is almost like you're almost not judging Solskjaer this season on whether he can get into the top four. You're judging on not winning the league, but making us dream beyond December that the league is a possibility. That's that's my kind of requirement. Jim Campbell of the Football Ramble said all he wants from England in international tournaments is for them to trick him into thinking that they could win it for a bit, which is like, I mean, this season they really, they this Euros, they took that to an extreme. But I, I just want United to trick me into believing they could win the league for a bit. Yeah. Um, and not blow it if we do make a final. You know, that that would be and, nice, isn't it? Wouldn't it? I mean, you know, and, and the vagaries of knockout football. I, I don't imagine United will be among the favourites for um, the Champions League. But look, you know, uh, apart from in- fellow English clubs, like Bayern are going to be in a transitional season. I think, you know, new coach, it, some interesting changes in their squad. They'll be strong, of course. But Barcelona, an absolute mess, uh, as are oh, Real yeah. Madrid and Juve will probably win the league, but by default, because the rest of Italian football is in meltdown. And PSG yeah. will be excellent, right? So there are a few, yeah. because they're buying absolutely everybody. <laughs> they, they bought Sergio Ramos, and now they're buying Lionel Messi. Well, they paid so... nothing for Sergio Ramos, nothing for Giorgi Wijnaldum, nothing for Donnarumma. I mean, in actual transfer fees, and probably nothing for Messi. Agents' yeah. fees and wages, quite high, quite high. Yeah. Um, I mean... I mean, we're talking about Varane and Sancho being a football manager summer. They signed Donnarumma, Ramos, Wijnaldum and Messi. It's quite a good window. <laughs> yeah, I hate football so much. Modern football is so bad. Um, the uh, the Champions League, I just desperately, desperately, desperately don't want us to finish third in the group. That's oh, it. God. That's, my, that's my only aspiration. First, for second or League. fourth. Wait, exactly. if, we're, if we're fourth, there's no chance we drop down into the conferences. There. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the structure, but surely even UEFA haven't done that. Yeah. You, 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 if you're in the Champions League, you're guaranteed European football all the way through the season, whatever happens, surely not. Um, so... So Solskjaer is going to be judged on the quality of football and how much we look like we're competing with the big boys. I think I think that's the reasonable. It's almost like at this point we're judging him on. I, I almost think he's even more than at any point in the process so far. The important thing this season is process, not consequences. Like is. Are we playing the right way? Are the players playing for him still, which I clearly have been all along? Has he started to be more progressive about his substitutions and and do some kind of more advanced in-game management? Is that the sort of stuff that we're seeing? Are we seeing growth or or is he kind of resting on somewhat poorly earned laurels of the fact that he's done the best job post-Ferguson? Yeah, I I mean, I think we're going to see more progressive style and I think fans will like that. And, uh, you know, I, I think we're going to get that. I think we'll have some points in the league. And, you know, at least for a while, it's going to look like a challenge. I don't think ultimately United are going to win this league. It would take quite a disaster at City for for that to happen. Um, and then Champions League group structure will play a big part. But, you know, we've got to do a better showing. We, we cannot go to, you know, some third ranked side as we did in Istanbul and just completely 
the bed again. That can't happen again. And, and you're right, Solskjaer has to... I'd like to see more from him. I don't want to see games where um, we we use one substitute in the 85th minute while losing. No. I, I, I want to see him take control of that, be progressive in the way that we think his team will be. And 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 you're right, that is about him growing. We haven't seen that yet. And I think these are fair sort of KPIs for him this season. And and yeah. if we if we get to a final and, you know, dot dot dot, lots of vagaries with cup football, um, you know, bringing home a trophy, even though it's cup football, does matter, does mean something. Yeah. So, yeah. Even though Solskjaer yeah. tried to deny it last season. <laughs> he certainly did. All right, so it's time for uh, the world famous, world famous, we've been doing it for 12 years, world famous among a very select, specific group of people. Um, I was going to say rank cast then, gosh. Oh, that's old. Uh, been a long time. Did we, when did we, was it the beginning of last season we changed the name? Or no, halfway, it's or half, the season before. Halfway through the season before, yeah. Wow, okay. Anyway, um, prediction times. So, uh, where are Manchester United going to finish in the Premier League this season? I think United will finish second, but I think it's going to be really, really tight for second. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm predicting third, which I'm very unhappy about predicting. But that's yeah. what I'm, I mean. I'm yeah, predicting. for sure. There's a scenario in which United finish third, look like they're going backwards, but get more points. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's going to go City, Chelsea, United. Liverpool. That's all right. I mean, I hate that, but anyway. Um, who is going to be United's player of the season this season? It's hard to look beyond Bruno, isn't it? I mean, I, I think the the case for it not being Bruno is he's knackered. He didn't yeah. get much of a summer off and he's shattered and he he burns out quicker than he has done. And he's burned out quite early in both of the seasons he's played for us. Yeah, you know, it was season and a half, um, but um, yeah, I, I Bruno's going to put up huge numbers again because he always puts up huge numbers. Mm. I almost hope it's not him, but not because he's had a bad season, but because someone else has had an even more electrifying season. I mean, that would be incredible if that's the case. But I do think I think Bruno is is the the logical choice. Um, so I'm going to go with that. But I, my heart says Sancho. That would be like if Sancho has a player of the season impact, we might win the league. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. I mean, if, if he puts up um, not last season's Dortmund numbers, but the season before where he gets like seventeen or eighteen goals and a similar number of assists, yeah, then yeah. I mean, that's the a one perfect, you know, like season for Sancho. If he does that, I'd, I'd, he doesn't have to do that to have a good season. No, no way. Um, and then Marcus Rashford, he's not going to be back till October. I think that's the right decision. It's a shame for United that you're going to start the season without him. But get that shoulder fixed. It clearly affected him. It was clearly have a rest. Like have a rest. have a rest. Get the foot problem fixed. You know, don't play another sixty game season. Um, it'll yeah. be better for him and the club in the long run even if it's a, a real shame right now. Um, and then it's hard to make a case beyond that. Um, it's hard to make a case for Pogba because he might not be with us and he's probably going to be inconsistent. And if yeah, it's a defensive player, player if, it's a, if it is like if Harry Maguire has player of the season level, you know, season, it's because United haven't done very well, I suspect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, although Luke Shaw, that wouldn't necessarily mean that if he goes back to back in uh, 
uh, Players Player of the Year. Um, I, I anyway. mean, if Luke Shaw, if Shaw Berto wins player, Players Player of the Season again, wouldn't that be three seasons out of four or something like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right, it will be. Um, oh my God, I love that guy so much. His, his Euros, I, I, just because he didn't play the first game, and by the final, there's nobody in the world. Like, if you had said to us in September 2020, Luke Shaw is going to be England's best player in the Euros and England will have got to the final. I mean, we would have not stopped laughing. I was thinking about this when I wrote about him. The It wasn't just that he got zero assists and zero goals in the um, the season before last. It was that basically every goal we conceded we were talking afterwards like you know if we'd been pundits on the telly and had the thing where you highlight a player we'd have been like putting the spotlight on Luke Shaw's position going look where he is compared to the rest of him the transformation has been absolutely complete and um it's 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 one of those things that makes you just think, just just stay humble when you talk about a player being rubbish. Do you know what I mean? Like Lindelof, say, who actually also had a decent Euros um, and, and you know, worth saying that in the stretch that he was in, he looked better. But but just when you write off players, they've, there's so much going on behind the scenes and, and the short flank redemption is always possible. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I think that's a fair commentary, except for Dan James. I'm writing him off. <laughs> He'll never right, be gonna, any good. <laughs> and with, with all of what I've just said, I'm picking Anthony Martial to be the uh, best player of yeah. the season. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, yeah. Um, I mean, that will it, take it a miracle take, or a smoking yeah. a lot. a lot Um, anyway I don't think that'll happen Um, I think there's a very good case for United selling Martial now I wouldn't have said that before because I think the talent is there but it's just not it's it's we've seen it so infrequently it would be it it would take a sure level of of you know progression for him to suddenly be good but you know who knows he shaved his head yeah he's come back looking mean Um, he's been out a long time of course you know it's nearly five months now since his last game yeah um you know meaningful he game was broken he was broken for a third at least two thirds of the season last season in terms of when he did play it was yep. terrible all right so who is going to be united's top scorer well that's a difficult one isn't it uh yeah so um I, ge- I guess i'm gonna have to say bruno because i don't think cavani will play all of the games you know i mean at his age he he shouldn't really but Hey, he's going to start the season as United's number nine, isn't mm-hmm. he? Um, but uh, but I think they'll hold him back a little bit because they want him to play Champions League games, um, and they might hold him back for some of the games in the um, in the Premier League. So I'm going to say Bruno, but it might be I'm close. Going, I'm going Cavani all comps. Cavani top scorer all comps. Jaden Sancho coming into the side. Sancho's assist provision and uh, Cavani's movement. Yikes. Yeah, but Bruno's um, going to get 97 penalties, isn't he? Because <laughs> True. Oh, my God. Yeah. With Sancho running point. at players as well. Uh, we, we sh- I don't even want to talk about this, but they've, they've, changed, they've changed VAR again. Um, I'll tell you what. Let's not go into that today because we're a bit let's complain about it next week (laughs) yeah as it starts to kick in we'll go through we'll we'll talk about the thick lines who's gonna win the fa cup uh um i have no idea liverpool man united that's my pick for the fa cup good good um 
And League Cup, obviously, Man City are going to win the League they, Cup. That's, that's, yes, that's, it's, it's the Pep Guardiola it, Carabao Memorial Trophy. They might as well call it the Etihad League Cup, might not they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pep Carabao Guardiola. Um, and are you having City for the league? I'm having City for the league. Yeah, and then I mean, you could you could have them as one of the favourites for the Champions League as well. And you, well, you probably do. P- PSG signed Donnarumma and Messi and uh, well, not Messi yet, but not Ramos yet. and maybe Edward Wood will do a madness and convince <laughs> Messi that his future is at United. Does he even fit? Where did he get in the team? It, where, do the we, team? where do we play him? Like maybe, maybe he could finally fulfil his destiny and go deeper into pitch and play at six as a controller. <laughs> Imagine if Woodward signs Messi to play number six. Anyway, um, no, I that. Man City aren't winning the Champions League this season. PSG are going to win the Champions League this season. That is what's going to happen. Like, that's... that's. I mean, maybe they won't because football is weird and, you know, you can only put 11 players on the pitch and da-da-da-da-da. But they've signed... I mean, if you want people with Champions League winning experience and you sign Ramos and Messi, you're probably, like, the final pieces of the puzzle looking pretty pretty good there but but in which training session of the first week does Ramos break Messi's legs in? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the other thing that I was thinking about that is has there ever been a better goalkeeper who has been more frequently replaced than Kilo Navas yeah apart from Sergio Romero <laughs> safe hands <laughs> <laughs> But, like, people didn't get bought to replace Sergio Romero. People keep going, oh, yeah, you know what? It's Kilo Navas guy. Like, he's pretty good, but he kind of, he looks like a bit of a poindexter. So, just, <laughs> that's why Real Madrid got rid of him, isn't it? Uh, anyway. Yeah, it's, um, so which of, um, which of Real Madrid, talking about them, and Barcelona and Juventus are going to win the inaugural Super League then? <laughs> They're the only ones left in, aren't they? That's, that's right. Still, they still haven't given up. No, they're they're in court. They're trying to they're trying to get they're trying to challenge UEFA um, UEFA's jurisdiction over football. They still want to to start this thing up again. I mean, United have signed Jadon Sancho and Rafael Varane because a bunch of people threatened to burn the stadium down, but they will just actually burn the stadium down if they go back into the Super League. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, you know, it, we, we for as much as we've complained about the Glazers and Ed Woodward and Matt Judge and the rest of them over the years, they almost look competent compared to the people yeah. who are running Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, Barcelona and Inter and, you know, there's, there is... There is Inter's very that's specific a... because the Chinese yeah. government have ordered Suning to to stop investing. So, you know, yeah. it looks like there's going to be a fire sale there. Um, but Barcelona, I mean, they have 1.3 billion euros worth of debt. And they, even though they knew approximately what the sort of top-down figure, because La Liga prescribe or proscribe sorry um what the wage cap is going to be for each club based on their revenues and and Barcelona revenues have fallen they've got all this debt to service even though they knew what it was going to be approximately they still signed four players on big wages yeah free it's, it's uh, mad it's absolutely mad uh, and none of the players they've signed are any good and none of them are going to play because they can't register them. They've got, still got the same problem as as they had with Messi in that they are new signings. I mean, they let Messi's contract run down to nothing, which basically makes it look like they were 
happy for him to go, basically. And it's probably the mm-hmm. best outcome for all parties. But, yeah, Aguero, yes, he's shot. Oh, um, he's good, though. No, sorry, he is really good. But he's well, he was good. A bit old. He's, he's old. still good. He's still, he's still, he was, like, every time he played last season, he was really good, still. Um, and his, his best mate has just <laughs> off to PSG by the looks He's of playing it. with the wrong Sergio. He's going to be playing with Sergio Ramos, his worst enemy, instead of Sergio Aguero, his best mate. Yeah, I know. Um, it's just amazing. I, I, they've got to sell. They've got like three weeks to sell a whole bunch of players to get their wage bill down enough that they can actually register Aguero and Memphis in the team. And, and there's no market for those players. Like, if Barcelona don't have any money, then, you know, Real Sociedad don't have any money. Like, there's... This is... One of the things that I, am, I was going to predict is there's going to be... Uh, some catastrophic events in football. I mean, this is a horrible prediction to make, but I think there's going to be some catastrophic events in football that will... uh, I mean, uh, we had the Super League last season, which sort of threatened the whole structure of football, but actually the kind of rallying cry against it ended up being even maybe a little bit of hope or optimism that something more positive could happen. I don't think it will be in the Premier League, but I think in La Liga or the Bundesliga or or Serie A, some some pretty wild stuff is going to happen. Some team's going to not be able to field a side or, you know, some, some craziness is going to go down. Yeah, we don't know how COVID will play out with restrictions being eased in some European countries, and um, and the financial situation is is coming to a head. You know, especially in France, we could see clubs go to the wall in the middle of the season, um, and then Italy. Yeah, um, you know, no one has any money there, uh, and Juventus may win the league there by default for being the least worst. Basically, yeah. you know, so, I mean, and we've seen this, like the only teams that are spending money around Europe are Premier League teams and state run teams. And sometimes they yeah. cross over. Yeah, I mean, um, Grealish and Kane, obviously that that would be an unbelievable window for City. Leicester just just continue to buy all the players that you look at and go, oh, why don't we just take a punt? Why don't we, why do we wait for Leicester to sign them and their value to be inflated? And, you know, they've, they've, they've signed all the players that, um, if you like watch TIFO football's sensible transfers stuff or whatever, all the players that if you go through the data and it's like, well, I think this guy's really undervalued. Leicester just signed them all. Um, so they, they, they continue to be the hipsters favorites. They do. Um, I think the the big problem for them is, of course, they've lost uh, Fafana for a, probably a, quite a long time with a right. really unpleasant looking leg break. Um, of course, yeah, I forgot about that. So that that might um, that might impact them. I mean, they've got some cover there, and they've still got time to to spend. Um, you know, Evans and Soyuncu will start that um, that season, you imagine, but they're going to have to bring in another defender. Um, yeah. But uh, you know. If they keep Madison, because they haven't sold a big player yet this summer, if they keep Ndidi um, and Tielemans just signed a new contract, so it looks like he's definitely staying. You know, they've got the the core of a very good team again. Yeah. Chelsea have essentially addressed their one like remaining big weakness. I think they are going to be a massive threat. I think Lukaku, with the support and in the role, Tuchel's not going to do what Mourinho did and try to make... Lukaku at target man Tuchel's much no. too smart for no, that. No, no, and 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 Werner will, you know, if, assuming they're keeping him, and it looks like they are, 
playing off the left will be a much better, you know, and having some competition for that role with Pulisic, they're going to be much stronger there. You know, they do look like they've got a very good and balanced squad, don't they? Yeah. Um, and especially if they bring in another defender, because that, that was you know, a big problem for them, central defence. Um, yeah, they, they do look very strong. Yeah, Arsenal are having a terrible time, obviously. Uh, the idea that James Madison should go to Arsenal, leave Leicester for Arsenal, and that would be an uptick. It's like when you're dropping five league table positions. Uh, Villa look to have built on their kind of continued progress and have, have spent the Grealish money ahead of time wisely. They, I think Danny Ings, is, yeah, Danny Ings and Watkins up front. That's, that's yeah, yeah. big. I mean, it depends how they play, of course, um, and what kind of system. I mean, maybe instead of a 3-4-3, they go to a sort of 3-5-2 system to get both of them in the side or Watkins is going to end up playing wide. But um, they've money-balled that money, haven't they? You know, they've bought the metrics they've lost. So Christian Perl, yeah. as Perslow said... Um, which kind of, you know, I I mean, Perslow loves a camera, doesn't he? He's never seen a camera he doesn't want to get in front of um, and very much likes the sound of his own voice as well, which after an hour and something of this podcast, listeners may be thinking the same about us. Um, but anyway, I agree. They've spent the money wisely and I think they'll have a decent season, Villa. Um, are you picking PSG for the Champions League? Yeah, unfortunately. God, it's just miserable, isn't it? You know? Yeah, it's grim. It's the really two, the grim. two favourites are City and PSG. Yeah, as proper, as grim, grim gear, to quote the podcast I've listened to most in uh, the summer, which has been the great cricketer. Um, the uh, one more thing we've got to predict, relegation from the Premier League. Um, I, all I want is for Brentford to stay up because I just, I love, I love it. I love what they do and what they've done it might be really hard for them they're not going to go they're going to try and do this sensibly they might well take the model that actually if they return to the championship strengthened financially um yes then they can they can build a, a team that in two or three seasons time comes back up and stays up yes i know i mean there's there's two models isn't there spend enough money now to to try and guarantee 17th place or, or do do that, you know, spend sensibly, keep the money in their pocket now and the parachute payments and, and they have a huge advantage over the rest of the championship. So, I mean, yes, um, it's going to be a struggle for them. Southampton do not look good, do they? I mean... They don't. They do not. And Watford, I think, I don't think they've signed anyone yet. Watford, of note. Um, so they don't look very strong either. Uh, Newcastle. What, Norwich, Norwich lost Buendia as well. Norwich who lost Buendia and, and we'll see whether player. they can keep Cantwell, who who had another good season and and we'll see. Um, and, and Newcastle. I mean, they had a very strong end to last season, but they've done no business. And I think they'll be, unless they have the same sort of injury problems they had last season, I think they're going to be fine. Because actually, if, if I mean, they finished on 43 points or something like that. And it, it, given that the teams that have come up don't look ready-made and like this would be one of the least surprising seasons ever for the teams that have come up to go straight back down and you've got Southampton I I think Brighton and Newcastle are both going to be relatively comfortably clear of relegation by the end of the season oh I'll tell you what I'm predicting West Ham to go down (laughs) it would be fun yeah um, um, oh, uh, the other thing that we should talk about briefly now, we've got to go really, but um, Rafael Benitez is the Everton manager. What? 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 
How has that happened? I mean, um, Farhad Moshri is, is putting so much money to that club and he's wasted almost all of it. And then he goes in. <laughs> I, just, I mean, seriously, you know, he's he's like, how do you make a fortune? How do you make a small fortune out of football? Start with a big one, right? He's, yeah, he's yeah, living yeah. that. Um, and then he goes and appoints Rafael Benitez, who's going to play a football with a pretty crappy squad. And he's a former Liverpool manager. I it, All... If you're an Everton fan, what do you want, right? You want a, a, a manager who plays bright, nice, attacking football and a manager who's never managed Liverpool. Those are the only two criteria. Like, And if you've got a manager who used to manage Liverpool, he's got to play good football. And if you've got a manager who plays terrible football, he can't have been a Liverpool manager. And in, the, never- the least, and in the least surprising first decision that Benitez has made is apparently doesn't fancy James. So, <laughs> oh, you, you shock me. I am shook about that one. <laughs> Um, maybe he'll go to PSG too. All right. Well, I think that that just about does it. I mean, we'll be back. I, I can't promise bi-weekly podcasts every twice a week, given the challenges of work and time differences and all that sort of stuff. Um, uh, we can say though, that we'll be back every week. And uh, obviously if you back us on Patreon, um, normally what we do is we talk about the about United um, on the main show and then we'll do a bit about what else has been going on in football especially when I mean, we, we pretty much covered most Premier League games last season or, or a lot of them anyway um, so that, that's added on to the end of the show um, you'll have heard some differences if you've listened to us for a long time um, you probably got really bored of our little bumpers I think we've taken those out of this show so at the end of every show or the beginning of every show we will tell you what our various social media is i've permanently deleted my twitter account finally so that is actually gone but you can follow ed at nqat pod on twitter which is also where you can find both of us on instagram ed does really good little match reviews and i reply to messages um that's the, that's how we balance the labor on instagram oh and i put stupid stuff in the stories obviously um well, i'm sure uh, you'll continue to do that put stuff 100%. in the stories that is Stupid yeah. or not stupid, we'll, 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 we'll judge at the end of the season. Uh, what's our YouTube channel called, Ed? NQAT Pod. Um, yeah. Same, I mean, it, it's a very niche group of people that like to watch their podcasts and we don't actually do it live, <laughs> us. It's just um, it's just a funny wiggly thing. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. if you like that, it will be there too. Um, yeah. but, uh, and, and you're listening to this on some podcast app of your choice. We're on all platforms, so you can find us anywhere. Absolutely. And if you're on a platform that, um, has rating, super helpful to us if you, uh, rate the show and of course, patreon.com slash NQAT pod. If you want a bit more from us every single week, thank you to everyone who does that. Um, and we will be back after the Leeds game, which we haven't predicted in any depth. I would just like to say I am absolutely terrified for this game. I think that they'll be better cooked and better prepared than us. And I am predicting a 2-1 loss for the first game of the season. Oh, no, you can't. I've done it. I've done it. It's out there. It's recorded. No, I'm going to predict a United win. Somehow we're going to be spurred on to win. Somehow with a team full of undercooked players. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's some who've had a good summer. Some. Yeah, but true, true, true. Not many. Um 
most have not had much preseason. Uh, it's not quite as bad as last season, but it's not nowhere near as bad as last. Nowhere season. near as bad. Um, some players had zero preseason, um, and you know, so it, they are undercooked. But I'm, yeah, I'm going to predict a draw. We're going to get away with a draw against Bielsa's team, who you know, the day after the season finished, were probably running up Mount Everest to make sure their <laughs> fitness was sharp. <laughs> They all they've done since the last day of the season is just run to Old Trafford across the Pennines and back again. And that's in preparation for this game. So, yeah. Oh, whilst listening to uh, recordings on a loop of what their tactical positioning had to be during the game. So it was drilled into their subconsciousness. Leeds' second game of the season, they might lose. They're not losing this one. Um, all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope they do get beaten 6-2 by us and we look brilliant and it's really exciting. That could also happen. Um, we'll be back next week. See you all then. Bye now.